looking for a podcast about nothing, then you are definitely in the right spot. Join Ross Peterson and Mark Charter each week as they discuss life, current events, and the things you are not allowed to talk about at work. Okay, hang on, because here we go. This is Ross and Mark, Jump the Shark. Jump the Shark is sponsored by Charterhouse Real Estate. Charterhouse can help you save thousands when you sell, and we can help you buy your next home as well. Google Charterhouse to see hundreds of great reviews or learn more about us at charterhouseiowa.com. Now here is the show. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. Plums. You ready? This one goes out to my wife. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday to you. I want to do, do you know this one? special for you. No, no. I'm going to need your help when the chorus rolls back around, Ross. So I brought some guonks from the outer guonks zoo. They honk and squonk and sing just for you. Here we go. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday to you. You don't know this one? Happy birthday. Happy birthday. You, uh, 80s, you, 80, late, that's gotta yeah, be the 80s. So that's, that's the Disney Happy Birthday song. I've never heard that. Oh, yeah, that would have been popular when we were growing up, huh? I wasn't a Disney kid, man. No, I, did, I don't know nursery rhymes. I didn't, we, I didn't grow up in a house where Disney was a big thing. Um, we never went to Disney World or anything like that, you know. It was just no, no, I didn't, uh, nothing. I think I'm the youngest in my family, yeah. but you are too, right? I am, uh, youngest of just you just have one brother. Uh, one brother, one sister. Okay, okay. That we, I, we're by the same boat. Um, I have always chalked that up to my mom and dad were just sick of the kid stuff by the time I came around. Yeah, you know they're like, hey, we've done this twice. I think you my know, neighbors had a, to uh, had a record with that song on. It might have been a Disney record. And that was that was part birthday, of it. Yeah, I'm surprised you never heard that. Birthday. So yeah, it is it's my catchy. wife's birthday. Happy 40th birthday to my wife. Um, it <laughs> doesn't look like a day over 40. Um, you're not supposed to say stuff like that, right? She, hey, she looks great she for 40. Yep. She's had three C-sections, so uh, downstairs, it's still like opening day. <laughs> God. Happy birthday, baby. I love you. Mark, he's, now you don't want to know, Ben. See, Mark, yeah. yesterday was one of the strangest days because we had a, we had a meeting here for Charterhouse, and... Uh, you asked all of us, which I thought was a, a sweet gesture. You said, guys, tomorrow is my wife's birthday. It's her 40th birthday. It's an important one. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I don't ask, and you don't ask a lot from your team here. Right? Try not to. So you said, uh, guys, I, I don't ask a lot from you. I am going to ask for her birthday for tomorrow for you all to send her a text message, which yeah. I thought was really sweet. It was. Yeah. The details that you asked us to include in said text turned things Really quickly. I mean, so Sean here at the office was saying, I think it's nice when you know your partner well enough to know what they're willing to endure, what type of text message you could send. And I asked you guys to send a little erotica. It's okay. We can, we can talk about it. <laughs> so, all, so, so, so all day long, you, she's been you, getting some fun text messages. The way I explained it to my wife was I was asked to send genitalia to Mark's wife, well, not, it didn't not have, my own. It, it, didn't not, have, it didn't have to be that specific. Okay, okay. All right, I, that was the way I interpreted it. Because, again, I, these, are new, these are new waters for me. Okay? It, is, it is important to clarify. Um, I was not asking people to send pictures I'm, of themselves. I'm fishing in new waters, Bensi. I need somebody to help me out with what the bait is to we're, use. We're talking gifts. So you asked, okay, I didn't know that. I sent a, uh, I sent a picture. Oh, okay. No, it's okay. I mean, it's old school. But. <laughs> so the, uh, the, the funny part of this is we are, so this morning you're like, hey, guys, don't forget. Send the wife some erotica, okay? Which I am like beyond uncomfortable with. I would. That's I'd, that's my favorite part. I'd barely send something like that to my wife. Yeah. We used to joke about like I used to send her 
texts where I was clipping my safety belt and I'd be like, here's your sext, baby. Safety, <laughs> a safety text. <laughs> like jokes, you know what I mean? Uh, I think I've told you the anyway, the one time that I convinced my, we I was on a fishing trip with a bunch of old guys and um, they were all asleep. It was like four in the afternoon. We yeah. fished all day and these guys were taking their afternoon nap. And I was alone in North Dakota and I'm FaceTiming with my wife. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, show me a boob. And she's like, shut <laughs> up, shut up. Even that, like that's how... That's how different our lives are. Well, you know, teach their own, Ross. It's not that I'm doing it right and you're doing it one wrong. Your, we, just, we have our own path. One of our, our coworkers, Kim, yeah, reached out to you in the same innocent way that I would have and said, I, where do you find yeah. these things that you guys are sending? And you offered some tips. And you even said, hey, go to this website and you can do these searches. So I, I, when, when Aaron woke up. It's called, to, it's called the internet, Ross. I know. I understand how that works. I would, I, anyway, my, my wife, we were talking. I'm like, you got to read these text messages. This is hilarious. I said, Charter's like telling us what websites to go to and which searches his wife prefers. Well, to not only that, I'm also telling you domain valuations at the same time. Yeah, right. I mean, I was keeping it, it, it business a, related. It was business, no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, to which I asked, I tried to, I thought, you know what? This is going to open the door. I'm going to have this conversation with my wife. I'm going to do, I'm going to go the brekkie route here. I'm going to try to see if I know. I've been with her for 22 years. You should know time. some things about I her. I should know some things about her. Yeah. And I said, hey, if I went to this site, this uh, sex.com, yeah. and I wanted to find something that was going to, like, you know, hit your buttons there, yeah. what would you want me to search for and send to you? And you know what my wife said? I can't wait. Just buy me tank tops. <laughs> uh, just go to Target. You want to turn me on? Just buy me some tank tops. I'll be good. Is that, does she wear a lot of tank tops? Every day. Every day. Every day. Wow. Like, does it have stuff on them, or are they just blank no, tank tops? just blank tank tops, yeah. Every day. Winter? Well, I don't know Winter about too? every... I shouldn't say every day, but, you know. Lots and lots of tank tops. Yeah, wears them to bed and stuff. Uh, my wife doesn't. Like, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, uh, she probably owns one or some, <laughs> but it's not It's not her thing. Happy birthday to Katie. That's a... Yeah, 40's a big one. Do you have big plans? <laughs> Ross, come on. Does yeah. anybody have big plans right now? Are you going to Red Lobster tonight? <laughs> I wish we could go anywhere, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, no, we have no big plans. Um, she took the kids for lunch today, got Chinese. She's yeah. a big Chinese fan. Right. Uh, I'm picking up uh, a cake later nice. today. Um, and then we'll, uh, we'll watch what she wants to watch tonight, which is... She likes the... Um, I make fun of her and she gets mad at me because she likes... She likes all sorts of different types of shows. She she likes the Kardashians and stuff like that. But she likes um, what I call name the city and then name some department behind it. So this should be your Chicago Fire. PD, oh, okay. Chicago Sanitation, saying. Boston. <laughs> you know, whatever whatever it happens to be. So I walk in the bedroom. She's always watching one of these types of shows, and all this. She gets mad at me because I'll be like, "Which one's this?" Like, you know. Yeah. Pittsburgh Pet Patrol, <laughs> like like those they're so formatted. It's like shut up. So probably watch you know one of those. Yeah. Um, unless we watch a documentary, we did watch a documentary the other day that you had talked about, which was the uh, how to fix a drug scandal. You were talking yes, about that one. That was, did you watch the whole thing? What, we four, did. four episodes, we I did. think? Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, that's pretty wild. I think I vaguely remember that story being know, in the I news. didn't know anything about it, man. This happened in the last couple of years. Yeah, too. it was huge. It right. was huge news. So um, speaking of huge news, uh, you are a licensed real estate agent in the state of Iowa. Do you guys know your number? Like, do you know your license number off the top of your head? Yeah. Five six eight six five zero zero zero. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad. Okay. So this is something I should I, memorize. I, something I should get that familiar with. Yeah. All right. Hundred cool. percent. So yesterday, um, well, officially today, the license came through. So Ross can help you buy and sell a house. So to welcome Ross to the team, I lined up the help of a celebrity. Anyone that's seen the movie Anchorman will recognize this celebrity who goes by the name David Keckner as sports broadcaster Champ Kind. The champ was nice enough to record a message that we are going to play for our listeners now. Oh. Oh, wrong one. Wait, do it. No, let's just listen to that again anyway. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Here comes Champ Kind. I'm not a radio producer. It's all right. It's good. Ross Peterson, what did you do 
Did you just get your license? God dang it, you son of a gun. You ornery old cuss. Whammy! Ross Peterson at the plate and whammy right there. Charter House Real Estate. We all know that you're going to be a huge success. I tell you what, if I was in the market, there's only one guy I would call. That's RPM, Ross Peterson per minute. Ross per minute. Ross Peterson minute. Boy, what is the Ross Peterson minute like? Is that a blissful time? Is that how quickly you will sell a house? Ross Peterson minute. Go. Ding. Sold. Another Ross Peterson sales success here at Charter House Real Estate. God damn it, Charterhouse is going to finally kick some fucking ass now that we got Peterson on board. Before Peterson came on, the goddamn place is about to shutter. Huh? Huh? Now, it's going to just be sales. They might have to add a sale. I'm talking sales and sales. Like, we'll have to add more um, wind sales because the gusts that Ross Peterson is gonna provide. I'm not saying you're full of hot air, Peterson, but you just goddamn might be. Whammy! The incredibly talented David Keckner. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. That's pretty funny stuff. That's a, I'll, that's a good character. For He's, the uh, for the record, we were not about to shudder. All right, we were not <laughs> right, we were not right. on the verge of closing. <laughs> Which I didn't. When he got to that part, I was like, ah, not quite the case. But uh, that's really cool, man. That cameo is such a cool thing. It it is. When I first heard about that, it was one of those. It's kind of like Twitter. When I first heard about Twitter, I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You have followers. You're gonna send out tweets. Yeah. Nobody was, nobody's gonna do this. This thing's not gonna catch on. Sixty five billion people later. Mm hmm. Uh, TikTok. When I saw TikTok the first couple times, I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. You're doing 10-second videos of yourself dancing or dressing up. This is the dumbest. It's 60 billion people later. And now this cameo has quickly taken off, too. I thought that same thing when I first heard about it. Now it's like, this is a really cool Cameo is growing. I remember speaking about Twitter, specifically reading some articles about Twitter when it was first starting. People were um, using Twitter... Um, or, or the articles were alluding to the fact that, that some people in some foreign countries were using Twitter to get the word out about events that were happening. It was not as social as we think of now. Um, so, yeah, some, it's weird how some sites do take off and others don't. I mean, why is MySpace not here anymore? Maybe it is, just not in the form that we know, used to. I don't to. know. Twitter, uh, yeah, with the, as far as like the foreign country thing, China, that was a big deal in China. Uh, North Korea. Yeah. When... when it, tweets are able to get in and out of there then it's a it takes on a whole new meaning man it's not us bitching about the cyhawk rivalry yeah it's not people complaining about airline seats right it, it, it's it can be it can be a platform for something amazing here's one space where i think twitter's overused the the live game updates that people do. You'll see it. Yeah. Not throwing anyone in yeah, particular no, under the bus, no. but you'll see some local reporters doing this. Listen, I and first down Iowa State, yes. third and ten. I'm like, are you really watching the game okay. via Twitter? And I, there are. I want to. Well, let's talk this out because I think you're right, and I think even the guys that are doing it, because like the first guy that I think of when you say that is John Miller mm -hmm. for the Hawkeyes, because he's the guy that I watch on Twitter. I'm amazed at how John is able to do that because uh, he's obviously watching the game, but he's at the same time processing it and delivering out a like every play. It's, he's not just he's not just typing first and ten. Yeah, he's like giving analysis of each play as they go right, and he's firing them off like that. I even sent called him one time i'm like dude how do you do this i'm not it can't be an enjoyable way to watch the game and i that was part of the question for him it was like is are you doing this because you feel like you have to are you doing this because and and it it essentially was mark he he does enjoy it that's a way for him to stay engaged with the game for a while i had a way of watching iowa football games when we were going to do sound off and i wish i could if i could if i could just dedicate my time to doing it it's the way to watch football and it's it's basically what john miller does where you write down everything. And I, and I used to do that. Every single play, I would write down. Down, distance, where the ball is, what play happened, how many yards. Next play, down, distance, what play happened, how many yards. 
And then you, the weird thing about it was, you know this already, you didn't actually have to go back and look at it to recall it all. Mm -hmm. You somehow, it was in your brain already. So when a guy called in later that night and he was like, man, on that third and seven, when we tried that slant route, uh, why didn't we, you, it was like, oh yeah, there was 15, uh, you know, there were, there's 11 minutes left on the clock. It was da, 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 you know, all they always say that, uh, writing things down helps it's, with yeah, memorization. Right, right. So I think that that's, um, I think that's a part of it is that it helps John remember the games now. So let's talk about somebody like a Tommy Birch or, or Chris Williams. They are, I do. I have been in time in a road trip from Kansas City to Des Moines. Didn't have Hulu. Can't watch a game, and I'm literally sitting there hitting the Twitter updates, Twitter updates, Twitter updates, Twitter updates, and th and that is how you watch a game is by following along yeah. on the Twitter scroll. So I don't. I won't beat them up for doing it because they are doing a service, and I do think that they even at some point see it the same way you do, where it's like, man, this uh, this sucks, but. It's helping me process the game. It's helping me remember it. And somebody out there is getting something out of this. So, What do you uh, – you don't tweet very much, do you? No, I don't. No. What's your viewpoint on Twitter? Like, if anyone could be doing it, it's you. Your, count, your counterpart, Williams, does it a Chris lot. Is a, Chris tweets a lot. Chris has 24,000 followers on Twitter, man. That's insane. I have 7,000, something like that, which mm -hmm. is crazy also. So you don't feel but, the need to uh, feed the audience, so to speak. No, Mark, I'm a big. You and I have. I think we've had this conversation somewhere off, uh, off record. But it's it's a that creativity is something you can't force. Um, and if once you start doing it, it's not creativity anymore. And art, I think what we what you know, sharing an opinion and and getting on the radio and doing that stuff, it's in a way some sort of art form. And once you start forcing it, it's really difficult. Um, luckily, like the two-hour radio show every day, I don't, I, I've never felt like that was forced. I've never once been in the middle of my day and thought, crap, I got to go do my radio show, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but if you are it, it, people that when you have to force out content, I, don't, I feel like you're, you're, you're devaluing it, it all in some way. So not that I pick, you know, pick and choose my times maybe uh, – I like to sharpen my sword type of deal. You yep. know, if, uh, if, if you're going to give me a long time to, to chop down a tree, I want to sharpen my sword before I just start whacking away. You, uh, you pick your spots. Yeah, There's nothing right, wrong with that. Right. And, I, and I'll tell you, Mark, I do tweet a lot and then don't send those tweets. Oh. I do that often, okay, where I, like yesterday, this happened actually, not yesterday, uh, it was uh, well earlier this week, people were on a podcast. I woke up and um, I got hot. And I opened my phone, and I, ha I never do this. I happened to hit social media and pulled up Twitter, and there was a tweet from a Channel 8 reporter. And she was at Gray's Lake, and it was like, hey, guys, COVID-19 restrictions, governor's releasing some new stuff. Now you can get a ticket written if you go out, and it can even result in you ending up in jail if mm -hmm. you end up at one of these places. And I was pissed. It's like, man— We've had this moving target for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Nobody knows for sure. I mean, off the top of your head, even the finest reporter would miss some of the stuff that you're supposed to be closed right now. By the way, my uh, buddy just texted me, uh, new model shows 60,000 deaths by August, which sounds like a lot of deaths. However, he says that's down 33%. Yeah. Right, and the every day, I mean, the moving, models... Moving target. Again, the, like when it started, and we were all saying that same thing, like, man, this is a moving... Things are moving quickly. The, the now, keep in mind, that's 60,000 deaths when people were saying, not that long ago, on Twitter, especially I'm going to call some of them Trump haters, not all, a million, two million minimum was the number a couple of weeks ago. And when weren't you the one that told me about Gladwell saying that? Uh, I don't think so. Somebody told me that Gladwell, I love Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. That Malcolm Gladwell had done a podcast with Bill Simmons where he said, we're going to have a million or two million people dead. And they're like, what do you think about that? And I said, uh, smart people say dumb things. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that he's wrong, but, man, I really hope he is. It's and, looking like he will be and massively and, and wrong. Never should, we, should you agree with everything somebody says, just because they were right about something or smart about something. Or just, just because go, I read something the other day that was about experts, right? Yeah. So you'll hear this phrase a lot. Well, the experts say, okay? And, and maybe Dace wrote this. I can't remember. I don't want to give him credit if he didn't, not give him credit if he did. You know what I mean? Um. But the point of what I was reading was there's lots of experts right now weighing in. We're talking about people from 
Stanford, Harvard, Yale, Johns Hopkins that don't agree with this million plus, two million plus, why aren't they experts? Or they're not expert enough? Why do we why do we latch on to one person? Well, I think it's because it's the narrative that we want to believe on that particular subject. It's an overgeneralization, though, to say the experts say. Yeah, we do it all the time. A, that means 100% of them say, yeah. in my mind, or at least it should, and they're not. So, obviously, it's good news. If less people die, that's good news. If we can get back to normal soon, that's good news. Right. I don't want to think that there are people cheering for the opposite. And unfortunately, I think that's true. And you can pinpoint their own reasons for doing that. But, I mean, this, this stuff's old, man. Spring and summer are coming. Let's, let's get back to real life. Well, I, I think, Mark, you've always been a little bit more optimistic about it than I have. And I think we're still in that boat. But I'm a lot more optimistic today than I have been. And, and every, these last couple of days, I've been slowly moving back into that of like, hey, let's we're going to be able to turn things back on here pretty soon. Let's talk about what that's going to look like, right? Let's yeah. talk about what sports are going to look like. When do we do this stuff? And I'm okay if we, if to start back slow and say, yeah. let's get some things going without everybody around. And I, so I'm, a, I'm again, just a half a step behind you sure. in your optimism. There. I do I, want to finish my thing about what happened on Tuesday because I yes. it's an explanation for why I don't yes. tweet because yeah. you've actually yeah. Been, oh yeah yeah so you you woke up you're hot you've okay. been you've been the person that has done this for me in the past how you doing bud uh, I woke up and I was hot and I saw this tweet about that we could get arrested if we're out and about I've been fishing every day for the last week and it's something I've really enjoyed taking my son I'm we're loving it. And I read that as, again, at Gray's Lake, I'm reading this as, if you're at a pond and 15 people show up, you could get arrested yeah. and thrown in jail. Mm -hmm. And I fired off a tweet. Didn't fire off a tweet. I, I started to fire off a tweet about, you know, dystopian futures and how we've gone too far. Yeah. And we're, we're giving up way too many of our liberties. George Orwell had all, it right. It's, it's all, like all this stuff. And then I paused and I thought, wait a minute. Maybe I'm overreacting to something. <laughs> Maybe I am, maybe I'm going to fire this thing off and I don't need to. Let's make sure I've got all my ducks in a row. So luckily I've got Paul Parizic, Sergeant Parizic is one of my buddies. And I picked up the phone and I called him and I'm like, dude, what the hell is going on? I just saw this tweet and he's like, yeah, it's garbage. You know, mm -hmm. call, instantly call me down with a couple of very simple things like Ross, what scares you the most about it? Well, the idea that you could arrest me if I'm hanging out at a park. Well, let's be honest with ourselves. A cop can arrest you. <laughs> three months ago, a cop sees you at a park and walks up to you and asks you what you're doing and what your name is, and you give him attitude, there's a chance that you end up in jail, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you tell the cop, hey, man, kick rocks, yeah. pound sand, and the guy says, whoa, 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 I'm just trying to figure out who you are and what you're doing here, and you say, well, I'm, it's America. The constitutionalist right. would be like, you have no right to ask yeah, me. You don't even do it. I don't pre present my identification. Eat well, my shorts. Stuff. Yeah, right, which I'm, I admire that, and I'm good with that, but it, it is... In a moment like this, it's easy to hear. I, I did it. It's easy to hear something and go, oh, my gosh, what's happened? The cops finally have the power they've always craved. Well, what power is that, that they can take you to jail? Because they've always been able to take you to jail. Yeah. And, and so Paul, Sergeant Parizic, I'm sorry, instantly called me down and said, dude, this is not – I know cops. These cops aren't wanting to go to the pond and track you and your kid down and haul you to jail. Yeah. These guys don't even want to go break up 12-year-old birthday parties. They don't want to stand downtown and try to break up large gatherings of people because they want to limit contact with everybody sure. that they can. Like, and you hear a cop say it and you go, oh, yeah, yeah, duh. All of that's just pure common sense. And instead of walking it through that common yeah. sense thing, I wanted to fire it off. I've called you before, Mark, and said, man... I'm pissed off, and I'm going to do this thing. What, what's your opinion on this? And you give me a different perspective, and then instantly it's like, you know what's funny? Oh, I, I would have looked like an idiot if I'd have hit the, send. The other thing, too, you got to remember this, is the, the human part of it, which is if the cop goes and, and initiates contact with you and arrests you, that's work for the cop. They now have to write reports. They now have to do that part of the job, which is not sexy at all. So the human nature is they don't want to do that crap. They don't, right? I, I know personal stories of people that have gotten pulled over, probably could have got an OWI, and the cops like, lock your keys in the car, you're walking home kind of a thing, right? I've got stories like that. They'll, they'll, they'll yeah. do that if you're not a dick yep. to them sometimes. I'm not saying don't, don't test them Man, this on is, this stuff. Yeah. 
But why? What's well, a lot of work I think for this, them you to I've, do that? This is one thing we have in common. I think our dads both talk to us about the proper way to interact with an officer. Like, there's a way to get pulled over. Yeah. And it's oh, and I've been it, pulled over plenty. And it's yes, sir, no, sir. Plenty. You, right? And you yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. And you answer the questions you 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 have to answer, and you do it politely, and you give them the stuff that they want to know, and all that. And then and man, every time I've done that, even when I was dead wrong. It's, 19 years old with yeah. open 40s and you yeah. know bong stems in the car like what <laughs> well keep in mind keep in mind this and i've i've been fortunate enough to have uh, several clients actually that are that are police officers so i've talked to them about it i mean i don't know them to the extent that you know um sergeant parisic but you know they are human yeah. these are people that are doing a job right and we're so quick to villainize them especially when you get a bad cop right? Because they make news and they screw everything up for everybody. It's no different than you're going to run into some bad real estate agents that don't, Mark, know, that don't know what they're doing, right? But every aspect of life, I've had man, many, 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 many interactions with police all due basically to being pulled over for speeding. I've got a lead foot. I, you, you look me up on Iowa Courts Online, you're going to find a lot of speeding tickets there. And I've never once had an issue with a police officer because they come up, they got a job to do. I don't give them crap. Uh, they do the job, they write me the ticket, and they move on. But they come up kind of expecting the worst because they see the worst, right? They deal with and losers. They, and they have to. They deal yeah. with losers, and the worst our communities have to offer regularly on a daily basis. So when they approach someone that's actually polite and respectful, they're going to do the same back. Mark, have you ever been in a car with somebody that got pulled over and didn't have a dad that had walked them through the right way to get um, pulled over? Because I, I got a good story for you. You I think about I it. I don't know that I have. All right. So I'm like, uh, I'm like eh, that 21, 20 years old. I was a mobile disc jockey. That's kind of one of the ways I got into radio was by going around and doing high school dances and weddings, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, as I got on the radio and I was still doing that and loved doing that, I was like an assistant manager for that, org that, that arm of the radio station. And I would train guys. I would take new hires and take them out and show them how to set the equipment up and show them how to run a party. And it was awesome. We'd have a lot of fun. And a lot of guys showed up and they, that was a fun job and they were great at it. Some guys showed up and they were too cool for school. You know what I mean? Yeah. They just, they didn't, they couldn't imagine getting out in front of a group of strangers and doing the alligator. Yeah. And it, that, and it was appalling to think that they would embarrass themselves in that way. Well, that's your job. Yeah. Like, where you're getting a couple hundred bucks to go out there and dance on the floor, man. Yep. Go do it. Uh, the other thing that would happen, though, was and every now and again, you'd get guys that were convinced they could do it, they were willing to do it, and they just were the wrong type of guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, we hired this kid. I don't remember what his name was, but I remember uh, the deal was you had to have a vehicle that could haul all the equipment and know where you were going and get around Iowa and all this stuff. So... I would meet him at the radio station. We hired this kid. He pulls up. He's got one tail, one headlight on his pickup truck, and we're going to, like, Solon to do a dance. And we drive to Solon. He's like, uh, I, if I remember right, he was 17 years old, okay? And the reason I remember he was 17 because on the way home, the only way the one light worked was on high beam also. Forgot that. So we're driving from Solon to Des Moines with this one high beam S10 pickup, and a car is coming the other way and flashes its high beams at the kid, and he doesn't do anything, and they flash the high beams again, and he turns the lights off and on to, to signify, I got no other yep. option. Well, it's a cop. Yep. Highway patrolman hits his lights, and this 17-year-old kid instantly grabs his cigarettes and lights up a smoke before the, he's even pulled over to the side of the road. And I'm thinking, well, that's the dumbest thing. Like, It's a crime. Yeah, it's a crime. What, what are you doing? And... Yeah, and I it was I just watched it unfold the nightmare before my eyes, Mark, as the cop came up to, to simply say, "Hey, you're driving an unsafe vehicle. Do you understand that?" And probably if the kid would have just been a 17-year-old kid, yep. not had a cigarette in his hand, not started mouthing off to the cop, I imagine that state trooper would have come up and actually helped him out and said, "Here's some place you can go. Here's what you got to do. Yep. You got this amount of time. Given him that because I think there's even a rule with your with equipment. You know what I mean? You've got 30 days to fix it or whatever. Now this went bad. I mean, this kid was getting ready to go to jail. Attitude. Yep. Yeah. Instantly, man. And so I this I've always I've always thought of that moment. You know, not that you get pulled over a lot. Obviously, you do. <laughs> but every time I get pulled I'm over, trying, I'm trying. Think to about all down. that stuff, man. About the 
in those situations, the, the question you always ask yourself, and it isn't just those situations, in all life situations, you ask yourself, is the juice worth the squeeze? Yeah. You, right? you use that a lot. I oh, like hell, hell yeah, yeah, dude. And for people are like, what the hell does that mean? I mean, is what I'm about to do worth the result that I'm going to get from it? And you're going to realize this too when it comes to negotiation for your clients. There's going to be many, many, many times where they're going to say, what would we do here? Should we push back? Should we respond? How do we do it? Is the juice worth the squeeze, right? We can do this, but what will result from this? If we do this, will, will they maybe walk away? Are you okay with accepting this offer the way it is? Are you happy with it? Is it worth trying to get an extra $1,000 and maybe alienate them and cost yourself a deal? These are the things you ask yourself every day in life, right? And you choose which hills you're going to die on and which are not, right? You learn this as a parent to choose your battles, right? Yeah, or else you yell at your kids all the time, right? You, you let certain things go and other things you don't. So you got to make this decision. For me, I'm fortunate in that I'm a pretty polite, respectful to authority guy. I've always been there with bosses, et cetera. So it's never been an issue, never will be an issue. But for me, I'm lucky because, especially when it comes to police, I'm not going to do anything to jeopardize being cuffed and put in a cop car because uh, of claustrophobia. The, the idea of getting cuffed behind my back and put in a car I can't get out of and taking no jail cell makes me want to vomit. Oh, dude. And makes then, me want to puke. So, like, oh. if they ask me to wear women's panties to not get arrested, I'm going to put on the women's <laughs> panties, dude. I don't care about my pride in that case. I'm going to be like, whatever you do, let me know. Here's the question for, for Sergeant Paul Parizic, if you remember to ask him this question, by the way. Certainly, they, they uh, come across people that have claustrophobia. Like, it has to be a thing. If you politely request that they handcuff you in front instead of the back, will they do it? Because I would be much more mentally able to handle that versus being having them behind. If I said, guys, I'm not a problem here. I'm not going anywhere. But if you got to do this, will you at least handcuff me in the front so I'm not freaking out while you take me to your police station? Would they oblige? Is there some law that says, nope, got to do it behind the back? Well, I don't know. I'll take a guess at this, and then I'll ask Parizic, and then if you remember to, to bring this up next yeah. time we're on, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I get the answer from him, the official answer. My gut tells me, no, they don't have to, that your, you will deal with your claustrophobia. It can't kill you. It won't kill you. You are fine. Breathe. And you, our, our, we cannot put, you, put your hand, because my gut tells me that because if that were the case, I think everybody could, that would be something that would be pretty well known and people would be like, oh, here's the deal, officers, I got claustrophobia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Handcuff me here. It'd be a lot easier. Um, I don't know. Maybe there is, and maybe there is a way. Maybe well, I don't even know if they have to cuff people. Yeah, I don't that, know that's, that either. that's another and, layer of the question. And do you know, have to? There are, like, they do zip ties with people sometimes too. When if you, maybe, like, some people have their wrists are too big for the handcuffs or yeah. something. Um, and I think there are, I know, I didn't say no. I think there are other times when they'll do that also. And maybe this is a situation with that. Maybe if somebody is claustrophobic, they can get a tighter. Yeah. I don't, I, I again, man, total speculation, but I'll ask, I'll I mean, ask the, the, about re that. the reason they handcuff people is so they don't go running away and for their own safety. Mm -hmm. If they don't fear for their safety, I, I would, I would yeah, guess they don't have to do some of these things. And, and again, Mark, it might all depend on what the situation is that you're getting arrested for. If it's a white collar crime and they show up at your door and you say, oh, guys, please, you know, I've, I've never had a gun. I've never done anything violent in my life. I'm begging you to let me sit in the back of that cop car without the cuffs on. Yeah. And I'm again, maybe it's the discretion of the officer, the discretion of the crime. Yeah. But my gut tells me that just a guy saying, hey, man, I'm claustrophobic. They're going to go, oh, tough titty. You shouldn't have committed the crime, bro. Because <laughs> now, yeah. now you get to do the time. Because the other thing that they're going to tell you is that if you've done something that bad, yeah. that ride is not going to be the most claustrophobic you're ever going to be. Uh, no, 100%. You're, you're about like, to Like, I've get already got my game plan. If I get sentenced to prison, I'm going to be eating my own turds, so I get to live in the hospital part of the prison instead of my cell. I thought you were just going to do the uh, Epstein uh, that's a very real possibility as well. So, like, that's where the mind goes. When you're extremely claustrophobic, you're like, if I had to do this, I'd just kill myself. It's better, honestly. And I'm not suicidal. I don't want to paint that picture. 
But the idea of not being able to escape a tiny cell is is worse than death for me. Bency ever been uh, been arrested? Yeah. Uh, Charter, you never have been. Hell no. I spent a night in a holding tank. Yeah. Uh, and it was the it. I mean, like when they say you know worst night of your life type of thing. Yeah. It, it, it's the truth, man. With and other it, people. With uh, so started off with a. Uh, in fact, a dude about uh, built about like Bency who was asleep when I got in there. Um, and he was, and it was a tiny room with two benches and he was sleeping on one of the benches and I, and the light was on the whole time. And I just laid down on the other bench and tried to fall asleep, which did not happen. Well, early in the morning, about three in the morning, a tweaker got thrown in with us. Mm -hmm. And then it was bad news because he was just all over the room and bouncing up and down and couldn't stop, couldn't shut up. Well, the big guy got pissed at him and was going to beat the crap out of him and had to threaten him many times. And it was, uh, <laughs> again, man, enough to go, yeah. all right, this is why you do everything you can to stay out of this place. Yeah, and it's like, it's it's a part of life. It's, it's sucks, just man. hard it to, I, I, I can't even imagine, like, there's, there are people in our community um, that get arrested all the time. Yeah. Yep. That's their life. The cops know these people intimately. They're in, they're out, they're in, they're out, they're in, they're out. And unfortunately, we've got another part of our community that drives in the Drake neighborhood and shoots people at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, which is also hard to fathom. So Moms and moms and their kids. I think that was, you know people, I think that was allegedly targeted. So here's, I'm again, man. I know you don't uh, know. No, I, I no, don't know, but I will tell you what I can say. You, um, well, let, let me say this. You hope it's targeted. Because if you just get random stuff like that in the city, now you don't feel safe to drive, you know, and that's what, what, what we don't want as a community. Again, I'm going to make some assumptions on none of this stuff I know. I'll make assumptions based on the conversations I've had with Sergeant Prezik, with Chief Dana Winger. They probably have a really good idea of who did this crime. Mm-hmm. They probably have... It's that nasty it, proof thing getting it, in the way? It's that nasty, nasty thing called proof right yep and this idea that the cops are out to get everybody and that the it's the community versus the cops and so when the yeah. cops show up and say hey can you help us people out people aren't ratting it's the only way they i mean they, they the cops can't rewind time and go back and stand there and see what happened and then go and arrest the guy they need people to help them out and in those in certain communities it's a lot less likely that a cop is able to knock on a door and get an answer than in other communities and um that's one of the things that you'll run into, I think, over there by Drake. Also, uh, we just, man, this community is not that big, okay? We're, we're a big city. We're the smallest big city. Yeah. Uh, and we don't have that many buttheads in town. And the cops have a pretty good idea of who these buttheads are. Yeah. If I mean, I, don't, I, would, I would even venture to guess none of those buttheads find, listen to this podcast or my radio show. Yeah. Because it's that few of a number. I mean, we're talking about a few dozen people in Des Moines. Yeah. I was going to say, if we went down to your buddies there at Des Moines PD and said, give me your list of your top 20, they would know them. Oh, absolutely. And if you went to, that's the, that would be an amazing thing, too, I think, Mark. If you took 10 cops that all had 10 different uh, jobs, a detective, uh, Sergeant Parisic, maybe even Ch- Chief Wingert, take a... Uh, Ted Stroop, take Darren Dykstra, take uh, some people, some guys off the, Luke Harden, off the street. And say, give me your top, or I think Luke's a detective now. Give me your top 20 guys. I bet you'd have 10 of them that would be on every list. Yeah. Or they'd say, these are the guys that were, that are, we really, when we're driving down the street and we, we know he drives uh, a red Dodge Ram. Yep. And every time we see a Dodge Ram, we're looking to see if it's uh, Charlie Morton. And if it's Charlie Morton, we're whipping around and we're pulling him over for something to see where he's going and what he's doing because yeah. we know he's up to no good. And that's, these are just bad humans. Mark, yeah. They become bad humans. You know, yeah. weren't born that way. Just Dude, bad choices. Might have been born that way. Okay. Uh, we, my mom worked at a psych ward, adolescent psych ward, for a long time. Evil is a real thing. And evil, it, there's no reason for it. it well, you can say need... sociopath. Clearly, there's sociopaths yeah. that don't but have I mean, any empathy you know, you for anybody else. You mentioned Dace earlier. Yeah. This is one of the things I think w- when um, Dark Knight came out. Mm hmm. Uh, I was kind of late. I'm not a I'm not a big Batman guy, and so I was kind of late to the Dark Knight yeah. game. And that was the time I was good buddies with Dace, and we were talking a lot. And Dace was just enamored with uh, 
Dark Knight at one point in his life and just said, man, th- one thing with it was the way that evil is presented in that. Because in that movie, Heath Ledger tells three different stories about how he gets the scars on his face. Mm-hmm. And either Dace's theology on it or somebody else's theology on it was the reason that there's three different stories there is because evil needs no reason. Yeah. Evil doesn't have to have an, oh, daddy was mean to me. Mm-hmm. Now, it can. It can, there can be that thing where yeah. daddy can be mean, mommy doesn't give enough hugs, blah, 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 and kid turns out to be a bad human being. Yeah. There's also, unfortunately, cases where somebody's just wired wrong, man. Just- no, and I agree with that completely. It's funny because I was thinking about the brain anyway. I wanted to talk about the brain a little bit today, but like, what, what makes someone a serial killer? What gives them the opportunity? It, I think all of us understand getting mad enough in one instance at one person to possibly kill them, and you'd probably do it and regret it, right? Because you've got, you're wired properly, so you'd feel terrible eventually and guilt and remorse and all of that. Your serial killer is a sociopath, which they don't feel sorry for that victim, and they do it again and again and again. Well, why are they a sociopath? There's something different about the wiring in their brain. I believe that. It's just different. Now, when did it go different? Has it always been that way? Did it become that way by things they did in life? I don't know, but they are different than the normal person that cannot think about killing anybody, let alone one victim after another. So I agree. Maybe it is from birth. And it's not hard to think that someone's brain might be wired differently than somebody else's brain, right? I was watching this interesting talk. It's about 17 minutes. It was an interview. Guy's kind of an expert on the brain, and he was talking kind of deep about things, but specifically talking about um, depression and 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 uh, how we overcome depression, all of those things. And it all comes down to the brain, right? And one of the things I talked about last week, I think I said gratitude is the attitude. When we're focused on positive things, it's hard to also be focused on negative things at the same time. And this guy was saying one of the things that's really, really helpful for people, and you can't just do it, you need to master it, is meditation. Now, I used to be kind of anti-meditation because my, my feeling was, well, meditation interferes with uh, religion. And, I, and I've changed my thinking on that a little bit, right? Because if you grow up thinking, no matter what the problem is, just believe in God and God will help you through it, okay? And I'm not saying that's wrong. You can s- certainly do that too. But sometimes your brain's just messed up and you need help as uh, uh, who's the host of uh, oh Drew Carey. Um, I listened to a podcast with him and he went to this meditation retreat up in Minneapolis, which is like a silent meditation retreat. And what he learned up there was the ability to, to turn off what he calls his monkey brain. And that's what meditation can do. It's, it's not... You're not in a trance. You're not, you know, praying to some weird deity or something. You're just isolating the part of the brain that will help you and turning off the part of the brain that, that, that won't. So the monkey brain is the, you know, I'm going to die from COVID-19. I'm, I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to go bankrupt. It's all the negative thoughts that we replay over and over and over again. And a lot of the depression comes from, especially people that have gone through traumatic events, abuse and all of that, they, they replay those in their brain on a loop all the time. And every time that they do that, they go back into that depression and, yeah. and woe is me and all of that. Right. So the key to overcoming I've, I've, those... I've been guilty of that. Yeah, so the key to overcoming those things is shutting that part of the brain off, which I'm not saying is easy. I don't want people to think I'm saying that. And instead, focus on when you're going to bed at night and you're laying there and it's quiet and those bad thoughts repeating in your head, right? That's not what you want. What you want is thinking about, what am I going to do tomorrow that excites me? What do I have coming up? What are my goals? How am I going to get going in real estate? Whatever, right? And the more you can do that, the less likely you're going to be depressed, okay? Now, for me, it's as simple as going back to claustrophobia. If I'm laying in bed and I get an image in my head of being in the back of a police car, that's not a good place for me to be, at all right and i'll feel it like it starts in my head and it works its way down into my gut and next thing i'm getting out of bed and walking around because i'm just not comfortable now it's it's taken over my entire body right so how do i deal with that i deal with it by not thinking about it how do i not think about it i got to focus on something else how do i grow my business what challenges do i have tomorrow what am i positive about it's very easy for me to not think about claustrophobia when i think about taking a walk with my daughter right 
I, I turn it into something positive to think about, right? And I don't want to, there's a lot of people with mental illness and I don't want to downplay mental illness. It's important too, right? Yeah, right. but my point is this. I think you have mental illness because there there is an issue in your brain. Some people do. So, yeah, right. Certainly. Yeah, right. <clears throat> Certainly. But I think there are tips and tricks and I don't want to minimize how difficult those are to obtain, but work towards them. Learn how to, whether whether it's meditation or not, I think there are, some i'll call them cures to help maybe not totally eliminate it sometimes medications needed etc i'm certainly not playing a doctor here but i am a believer in there's no more there's nothing more powerful than our brain and we can use it for good and we can use it for bad right so getting it trained because keep in mind if you've had trauma it's trained to think about the trauma and relive it and relive it and relive it over and over and over again it's just like exercising. Day one sucks, right? If you haven't done it in a long time, day one sucks. Day 30 is better. Day 60 is better. And by day 365, you're in shape. The brain's no different than that at all. And this guy's point was you can retrain your brain and get your brain out of the pattern that it's in or has been in and get it to think differently into the future. So for you and everybody listening, obviously, it, again, there's work to be done. Anytime you want to do something difficult like this, there's absolutely work to be done. But I think it can be done. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt, Mark, that you can, uh, some people, you know, they're, they're, some of this is, you need, me- some people need medicine. <laughs> some people, they need a doctor to hit buttons in the brain to get things rewired. Being quiet is so important. And, I, dude, I think I've said this so many times. Um, something great is going to come out of this lockdown that everybody is in and it might not happen for a while but man everybody all of us are so consumed with the tasks that are given to us that are and sometimes not even by other people sometimes like what you you know you're you consume yourself with good stuff and building a business and doing these doing these things some people, their bosses are giving them tasks. And so at the middle of the night when they do that, they... So basically, we don't have time to get to those fourth and fifth stages, way past that monkey brain, way past that task-driven brain, and get down into the recreation and the motivation and the desires that we sometimes think about in fleeting moments. That's it. We don't ever get to dive into those. And that's what men at least in my own life, those quiet moments. So I love fishing. I love being outdoors. I love camping. I love sitting by myself outside with my shoes off and attached to the ground and just think or not think, like you would mm-hmm. say. And it's amazing the stuff that comes to your brain in that time. And I, and if you go back and look, man, so many great inventions and like things way outside the box that change the world were done in those moments. It was very, going back to bring this whole thing back around, it very rarely was task-driven. Yeah. It very rarely was forced creativity where people went, oh my gosh, this is it. It was more often than or not the times when people were just quiet and, and the brain was able to do what the brain's supposed to do because it's crazy, crazy powerful and we just spend all of our time occupying it. You know, and I... Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. I I don't know what it is, but mark my words. I've said it over and over. Something great yeah. is going to come out of this quarantine. And one of the the bad things, kind of coming back to what we were talking about earlier, the social media, I think, man, do we get in the rat race of social media. It's like, and I and I have times where I'm guilty of it. I'll go, not a big Instagram guy, not a big Snapchat guy at all, but they're on my phones. And I'll do a quick run through that. I'll go to Facebook. I'll go to Twitter. And then it's just, pieces of information one after another after another after another and at a time like this a lot of it's negative mm-hmm. and you get done with that and you feel like okay now i'm caught up on the world but did you want to be like there's if so much of it's negative and now that's where your thought process when was is. the last time you opened something on your news app on your phone and actually got something that you needed because i can tell you it, it, it it's been no, no well it's it, been it's a long ever, time if it's, ever it's been fleeting one or twice but you know what you know what's good in times like this and you say what what good comes out of it i think that um small tiny example but uh john krasinski from the from the office yeah his, has been doing this good news yeah. daily thing or whatever it's called it's just good man we need more of more of the uplifting more of the positive 
and we ask ourselves, well, why, why do we intentionally seek out the negative? You can go the entire day without watching the news. If you choose to, you don't have to turn on your car radio. You don't have to chat with friends on Facebook about what's going on. I mean, it seems like part of us enjoy doing things like that. But, man, especially if you're kind of bummed out about what's going on, just shut that crap off. Mark, I feel like uh, you and I probably need to do an ayahuasca trip. <laughs> I think it sounds Man, like you and I scares the crap oh, out of dude, me. I'll on. be honest. I'll be honest. It scares the crap out of me. Sign me up, man. That would be because uh, it, it, it just seems like what I've read about it and heard about it. It's a lot of the same stuff. We talked about this last week too, with a couple of I, the philosophers that I love. Ram Das is an awesome guy to listen to because sometimes it's just stream of consciousness. Some it's almost like listening to Mitch Hedberg do philosophy. Yeah. Cause it's, Sometimes it's little one-liners about stuff. Yep. Um, and he's just a fascinating guy to talk to, and it's all about the same stuff. Like, get quiet. Find out what's inside, and, and you'll be amazed at the answers that you find to the problems that you have. And uh, it's, um, you know, I think, I think that's always good advice. Being quiet's always good advice. And just kind of listening. Yeah. Right? Whether it's the universe or a voice or whatever you want to call it, just listening. One thing, too, if people are looking for some good content, if you go to, uh, there's a website, you can go to YouTube and put this in, too, but there's a website called goalcast.com. Uh, it's just videos. Goalcast, tips, motivation, and inspiration to reach your goals. It's just um, speeches. You know, just I saw one the other day, Denzel Washington's giving a graduation speech. Um, one of the things he says, and you can say this is corny or not, but one thing that stuck with me, um, he says, um, dreams are great, right? But dreams without goals are just dreams. Mm -hmm. You have to put a, an action plan in place. The other thing he says, I don't know if he actually does this. If he did, it would be cool. He says, when I go to bed at night, I put my shoes all the way under my bed. So in the morning, I got to get down on my knees to grab them. You know, it's like start with some thankfulness, right? Like even in all of this, it's like it is impossible, in my opinion, to say I have nothing to be thankful for. Bullshit. Bullshit, dude. How about the air in your lungs? Let's just start from the simplest place we can, right? If you've got any kids, there you go. There's one. If you're married, great. Someone liked you enough to marry you. There's one. Got a roof over your head? Is the grass outside your house getting greener right now? Got a bird in a tree outside? I mean, it does not have to be challenging to find things to be thankful for, right? And you're right, Mark. If you Because when you said that last week, I thought it was kind of weird, and then I did it. And you were absolutely right. You cannot think about something bad and something good at the same time. All yeah. right. I've got this thing that's been going on the last couple of nights with uh, my daughter, um, who's three, which is such a fun age, like mm -hmm. just awesome. And every night, about 830, it's time for bed. Go, all right, Audrey, it's time to go to bed. And she will come over and she'll go, hey, daddy, will you lay with me in my big girl bed for just a little bit? Uh, right? And then I go in there and I lay down with her and she squeezes my neck and she hugs my face and yeah. she kisses me and she, we do this manga thing from Daniel Tiger where you rub noses, you know, yeah. the Eskimo kisses. Yeah. And it is the best 15 minutes of yeah. my life, man. And I, and I can think about that 15 minute moment for seconds at a time throughout the day yeah. and it brightens me up. And, and you're right. No matter what else is going on, because everybody's carrying a cross, man. Everybody's got a burden right now. If you can find that one thing that is your best five minutes of the day yeah. and just think about it from time to time, it makes your day better. And the best part, too, and kids provide this, especially at a young age, to, right now to her, you are perfect. Yeah. You're not flawed. Yeah. You know? Right. You're strongest man in the world, smartest man in the world, best-looking man in the world. You're all those things to your daughter. And I stole those things of my five-year-old daughter. So you got a ways to, to, to go before it starts before to go away. Before they start to realize yeah, it. Before like, they're stuck minute. with. Yeah. yeah, dad's not the most handsome yeah. man in the world. Yeah, my son's, there? my son's nine, and that bubble bursts pretty early with those boys, doesn't it? They, they, yeah. they start to realize you suck at video games and uh, sometimes just life in general pretty early on. Yeah, 100%. So it's, uh, yeah. And I know we've been on a theme the last couple of weeks, but man, it's yeah. If if there's ever been a time to to have a theme of be grateful, and I understand. I mean, I'm fortunate. I own, I own a business, and you just joined it, which is great. And and uh, you know, I'm not struggling for money at the moment. I realize there's people out there that have lost their jobs, and mm -hmm. and it's tougher. But my friends, I've I've quite a few friends for, that are for those people. There are still things to be grateful for, 
And the key is to remember that the future is not going to be the exact same as it is today. Exactly. Think, just, I, Mark, things are things are going to get better someday. Things are going to be back to some semblance of what normal used to be. Uh, all the all those businesses are still, you know, in the ground. The lights are still able to be flipped on, and uh, once everybody's able to go back, man, I think it'll it, it, yeah. this will be a lot quicker than we're not in a depression. Okay, yeah. and even even if the economy, the, the market's the already rebounding. Even if the economics of this thing get even worse and worse and worse, we don't have to build from scratch again. Like we're here, we got the workforce, we've got an educated workforce, a willing workforce, yep. we've got the infrastructure. Markets up again today. We're exactly. almost back to twenty four thousand. People are I mean, still buying and selling houses, man. I mean, we, we had our meeting yesterday. You were going through Reed's kicking butt right now. Um, you know, people are. People are still doing yep. this. A lot of people are hitting pause because they're nervous. Yeah. And I don't blame anybody for doing that, but things are still happening. Man. They'll the be back. Going, right? I'm going to give you, before we get out of here, speaking of real estate, i got to go meet with the seller. So uh, before we get out of here, I want to give you uh, a couple minutes to talk about um, yourself. You can sell yourself. You have now have a real estate license. So officially, for the first time, we can tell people to call you. That's right. Yeah, call Ross to help uh, sell a house. And a reminder that we charge twenty four ninety five plus three percent, which means you save thousands of dollars with us when you sell a house. Um, no tricks, no catches. It's still full service real estate. Right. You're still in the MLS, etc. Ross can also so, help you buy. So my question to you, Ross, is, um, and the answer we already know is because of all my experience. We're gonna throw that <laughs> out the window. Okay. Why do you hope people call you? And what do you hope to bring to the table for the people that do? I think people, uh, here's what I bring to the table, Mark, is I've been in Des Moines my entire life, man. I've spent 42 years in this community. I've lived on uh, in Pleasant Hill. I lived on the east side. I lived in the Drake neighborhood. Um, I live in the Roosevelt neighborhood. I have been all over this town, and I know every street. I know what's good and bad about all of the little communities that we have around Des Moines. And I think that's something that's going to pay off greatly. Um, right now, I mean, I, yeah, I'm not experienced, but you know what I am? I'm really motivated, man. I'm yeah. excited to help people. I'm loving this new uh, adventure and opportunity and challenge. Um, I'm so excited to finally have my license here because I felt like I learned a lot while I was doing all the schooling and all that. And over these last couple of weeks, while things have just been hit on pause, it's all kind of turned to mush. Yeah. So now I'm ready to refine all those skills again and figure out, um, you know, how, where I'm going and, and how this is happening. But I've got a wonderful team of people that have helped me out and that, that can help me out. So I'm not worried about this at all. I, if anybody, uh, I'm, I'm fun to hang out with and I know a lot about Des Moines. I know a lot about houses with a construction background. So there you go. I'd say, we got a great team of people here. Well, if you're listening and you've always thought, Ross is fun. It'd be, he'd be a fun guy to hang out with. You it's the truth. It's the truth. You I can am. certainly find out for yourself. <laughs> if you need to buy or sell a house, it's a great way to get Ross to come over and have a beer with you or go look in some houses. So, uh, yeah, you know where to find Ross, charterhouseiowa.com. Uh, we're waiting on a picture to put Ross on the actual website, but that'll be coming uh, soon. And we've got a caricature almost done. We have caricatures of our agents here at the office. Um, Ross's caricature is done, not delivered yet. So his caricature will be on our walls. All right. So Jeff Landon, soon. he played professional baseball. So his he's wearing catcher's gear. Is he wearing catcher's gear no, and sliding? Oh, that's the hat backwards. Yeah, okay. he's sliding into he's sliding uh, into home. Huh, yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, Katie Kendall. Yeah. KK. Why isn't Why isn't she have like a microphone? Because wasn't she going to be a singer? No, dude. She can't sing a lick. She can't sing a lick? Yeah. I it, thought you it told was me. Her, no, her father wrote the song that yeah, Vince Gill bought. I know, but I thought you told me one time that she had the perfect country western name. Name. But she, but they the, never, I never said the perfect voice. <laughs> they never tried to capitalize on no, it all. No, no. Her name is Katie, okay. Ray, Katie Ray Kendall. All right. That's not her name now, but it wasn't. Yeah, right. Her. Now it's Espenworth. Es es Espenover. Espenover, whatever. Yep. Yeah. KK. Katie. All right, so mine, I'm assuming, is going to be a little bit more like Lanning's. It'll have some theme to it. I think there might be a microphone in yours. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's possible, like but that, that'll be coming soon. All so right. thanks for listening, everybody. Hey, stay positive as much as you can. I think when May rolls around, hopefully we're going to be over the worst of this and back to normal. Uh, one more uh, happy birthday to my wife who yes, listens every birthday. single time for some reason. She likes to know what I'm t saying about her. 
Um, Katie, you do seem like a wonderful lady. I'll tell. You, I mean, the, the the times we've been around, you seem like a, an awesome person. So she's keep, a gem. Keep that up. She's one of those people that's hard to hate, unlike me. All right, we'll see you later. <laughs> Another episode of Jump the Shark is in the books. Ross and I hope you had fun with us, and we made your week a little better. If you love the show, you can help the show. Please subscribe to us wherever it is you listen to your podcast. You can also show some love by telling others about Charterhouse Real Estate. We have made it easy for you to talk about us by charging sellers a lot less commission. They will thank you for giving them our name. We truly appreciate your support, and we will talk to you next week.